Well, in Southeast Agnet's Ag in Review for the week ending August the 8th, we had a story about U.S. Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack giving a six-month update on the new Farm Bill. In the report from Gary Crawford, we learn where things are in the process of implementing it. I'm now going to sign this Farm Bill. It's been exactly six months since President Obama signed that new Farm Bill, and as far as getting this complex legislation implemented... I'm pleased with the progress that we've made. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack updating reporters Wednesday on that progress, which includes reactivating programs for livestock disaster payments, export trade assistance, starting up the Regional Conservation Program, the new Research Foundation, specialty crop and organic programs, developing new crop insurance programs, and doing prep work on the major new farm safety net schemes. And I think if you compare this to previous uh, farm bills, there's been a significant amount of activity that's taken place, and uh, we're obviously going to be prepared for a great deal of action and activity this fall as we implement some of the new safety uh, net programs. Contracts have been awarded to universities to produce the online tools that farmers will use to decide what safety net programs would be best for their operations. In Washington, Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. We also learned this week that farmers can enroll in the new Cotton Transition Assistance Program, or CTAP, starting this coming Monday, August the 11th. The program, which was created by the 2014 Farm Bill, provides interim payments to cotton producers during the 2014 crop year until the Stacked Income Protection Plan is available. Details on that plan will be released soon. But to learn more about CTAP, visit your local FSA office or go to their website. That's fsa.usda.gov. We also got an update this week on how the peanut crop looks across the southeast from Tyron Spearman. At the pre-harvest meeting of the peanut buying points and the peanut shellers, there was an update on the peanut crop across the southeast. In Georgia, Scott Munford, the peanut specialist, said this year that temperatures have really been moderate for the peanuts to grow. They had an early infestation of thrips, and they got planted late due to some wet soils. But overall, the uh, crop is looking okay at this point, but needs a widespread rain to continue developing. He said there are some insect issues with a lesser cornstalk borer, foliage feeders, and our early infestation of thrips, and now some spider mites caused by the hot weather. He said right now the yield potential is not as high unless we get moisture real soon. In Florida, David Wright, peanut specialist, reported that the majority of their crop was planted in Georgia 06G, some Florida 07s, and some Tifgard where nematodes were a problem. He said the stands were good and they've had good weed control so far. They did uh, battle the uh, pigweed for a while and still going on. Had good moisture most of the season. The crop is looking good, but needs good weather to make records in uh, the next couple of months if they're going to have a chance of making a top-notch crop. But overall, the crop looking good across the southeast, Georgia, Florida, and Alabama. But rain is needed as the dryland peanuts are really suffering from the heat and the lack of moisture. Chris Balcom of the Auburn University Peanut Specialist said that the majority of the peanuts in Alabama are Georgia 06Gs. There are some Florida 07 varieties planted, and Tifgard has been planted where they had trouble with nematodes. He said the stands were good and good weed control so far. They're still uh, battling that bad boy, the Palmer Amaranth, he said, uh, the pigweed. Good moisture most of the season, but now overall the crop looks good but needs a widespread good soaking rain. The majority of the crop is about 80 days old. Harvest will start the first 10 days of September. Right now there's some problems with foliage feeders. Many are being sprayed for insects. On yield prediction, he said, I hate to question it, but if you look at our last few years, our yields have increased. Our top yield could be 3,800 pounds if it rains. But if not, it'll be around the 3,200 pound if we continue to get these spotty showers. 
I'm Tyron Spearman for Southeast AgNet. Also this week, Cindy Zimmerman introduced us to a brand new burger, which consists of both beef and chicken. A new burger on the market is a marriage between beef and chicken that combines the best of both worlds. Steve Gold, president of Cluck Incorporated, says the new product is called Cluck and Moo. I experimented to let's see what happens if we combine chicken and beef. And I was able to develop a process. We just applied for the patent on it. You know, the process I developed, when the beef is cooked and that loses moisture, the chicken picks up the moisture from the beef, and so you get a real juicy burger that tastes like an 80-20 burger with 52% less fat. Cluck and Moo also has 34% less calories than your basic beef burger, and with beef prices as high as they are, Gold says the product is quite a bit less expensive. It came into play unexpectedly for us. When we launched the product, we knew there would be a price difference because chicken is less expensive than beef, but the spike in the beef has made this product a lot more, I shouldn't say a lot more attractive, has made it the more popular, it gave it a selling point that I never considered when we launched this product. The Cluck and Moo Burger was launched in March, and you can find a retailer near you by going to cluck, the letter N, moo.net. I'm Cindy Zimmerman, Southeast Agnet. And to wrap up this week's podcast, Everett Griner had a commentary titled Modern Cowboy. Imagine the word cowboy, what comes to your mind? John Wayne, Hopalong Cassidy? Maybe a 10-mile string of cattle being driven through a mountain pass. No, that used to be the image of a cowboy. It's gone forever. But the cowboy didn't go away. He's still a vital part of producing the beef that you buy at your supermarket. He's more likely to have his feet propped up on bars of a sail ring watching as cattle are driven through. When he buys, he'll haul them home in a truck. And the modern cowboy isn't just in Texas and Oklahoma. He's just as likely to come from Charlotte to as he is Dallas. Time changes everything, like it has the cowboy, but changing doesn't mean vanished. He may drive a pickup and go bareheaded. He's called a rancher, but he's still a cowboy. Everett Griner, Southeast Agnet. You can hear even more reports from this past week on our website, that's southeastagnet.com. I'm Randall Wiseman for Southeast Agnet.